This is the Mile High Five podcast with Carl Jensen and Doug Cunnington. We have authentic conversations about the journey to Phi, health, happiness, and some very odd tangents. We interview Phi experts, side hustlers, people on their way to Phi, and those who have reached the other side. Join us every week, and if you want the show notes and links and all that other stuff, head over to milehighfi.com. Hello, world. Welcome to the Mile High Fi Podcast. I am Carl Jensen with my co-host. I'm Doug Cunnington. And once again, we have a special guest. Uh, tell us who you are and what you do. My name is Mindy Jensen, and what I do is be married to Carl. That's And I host a podcast. Wait, you're, you're better than me. You shouldn't be defined by me. I should be defined by you. <laughs> and what I do is allow Carl to be married to me. What did our guests say when they stayed at our house this weekend when they referred to her wife, the one who must be obeyed? Oh, she who must be obeyed. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Mike, shout out to Mike. Mike said, he, he said, oh, I have to call she who must be obeyed, meaning his wife. Yep. Okay. So today we're going to talk about the private concert I put on. Doug and I first talked about this in a show a while ago. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. But I paid big money to hire the Webb Brothers to play a a private show right here in Longmont. They all came out to Longmont and Doug and Mindy were there. So we'll get to hear what they think about it. But before we get to that, we have a serious topic to talk about. And I'm kind of, Doug, I I really appreciate how brave you are for willing to talk about this (laughs) because it's come up a little bit. You've hinted at it before, but Doug, you have an addiction and you're going to talk about it today. And Really, this is so brave of you, but <laughs> I think I might have hit a peak recently. And it, the addiction is to Melanzana hoodies. At, recently, you drove, I looked this up, I mapped it. It's 133 miles each way. Exactly. Yeah. To buy a pretty expensive hoodie. Um, I don't know where to start here. Can yeah. you tell the audience about what you did when you drove up? Like, how did that all come about? You're so, among friends, Doug. Yeah. Thanks for the support. These hoodies are fantastic. So I've, I've been wearing them for a couple of years now. And we weren't uh, like big fans, but we stayed in Leadville a couple of times. And we saw a big line in some storefront, did a little research, found out they are U.S. made hoodies. They make them in Leadville. And they kind of, they keep it locked down. You can't order these online. You have to buy them at the place. And... Like you said, it's a couple couple hours away. It's like deep in the mountains, 10,000 feet, cool little town. It's where we did some writing. And I have several of them. The thing is, you, nowadays, you have to make an appointment and you get like a half hour slot and it fills up fast. So it's like four or five months um, backed up. And occasionally you can buy them like off the shelf, but it's very rare. So we were up there, Carl and whatever, four days in a row, nothing up there. Now, when I went yesterday or a couple days ago, they had probably like a hundred of them out there. Now, I have a question for you. You say these are pretty expensive. Do you know how much they cost? They are north of $100, right? Like $120, something like that, right? They're about, um, so there's a couple of varieties. So I think it's like 80 about $80. And if you get some of the thicker ones, it could can be like 120 bucks, but it's basically how much shit cost. So like if you go to, uh, I don't know, Dick's or if you go to REI or like not Costco, 
that's how much a hoodie cost. So if you shop around, if you get like a, a good brand, no no hate to, uh, what is it, Kirkland uh, Original? Uh, is, that, is that your pants you're wearing? So yeah, Kirkland Signature, yeah. So if you if you shop at a normal store, things are a little expensive. Wow. Minus the uh, the gas to get up there. Did you take your truck up there too? Or? I took my truck. Well it's a beautiful drive though. So I took the dog Georgie, and uh, it was a great great driving day. She loves it. We hiked around Turquoise Lake, so it was a nice little day in the mountains. Yeah. The yeah. first step is admitting that you have a problem. It doesn't sound like we're quite there yet, but we'll get there. But yeah. it, in all serious, do these things hold up? Like, will you still have them in 10 years from now after a hundred washings? Or I think so. They seem to last pretty, pretty long. And the company, like a couple guys started it, I think in the mid to late nineties or so. And they just wanted like handmade stuff that they could count on. And the materials are sourced from the U.S. as well. So if you give a shit about that kind of stuff, some people don't, right? But if you give a shit, it's like made in Colorado. They get the the materials from like, I think Tennessee is where they source the uh, polyester or whatever they make it out of. And they have a good exchange program. So you could like bring in old stuff, like if you want to get a new thing and they'll give you credit for it and actually resell those. So from a sustainability standpoint, it's pretty good. Yeah. Carl, how far away did you say this place was? 133 miles. Mm -hmm. Hey, Doug, how far away do you live from Costco? Talking about (laughs) sustainability and keeping the earth clean and all that. Yeah, we grasp at whatever we can. I could justify anything. (laughs) So So how far away do you live from Costco? Yeah, like half a mile. Spit on Costco. I could walk to it. I could walk to it. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, we have to look and and I enjoy them. It's a there's a culture around it, you know, people will recognize them. So like Elizabeth was in uh, Germany and she was wearing her Melanzana hoodie and someone was like, Hey, I know what that is. And then you have like a connection and that was in Germany. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Doug, now I'm kind of mad at you. You were there. They had ones on the shelf. I, I would have, uh, I would have paid you back to, to mm-hmm. pick one up for me. And didn't he just say they're too expensive? Rub it in. Yeah. But- and, and actually we'll, we'll reveal this. Um, Carl, we, when we were in Leadville, did you get any anything while we were there? I did. I got a knockoff one, which is uh, made in Taiwan, and I think it was actually more expensive than the extra than the actual thing. Which, hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a fool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a long drive, but it was a good day. It, it, there's nothing wrong with driving through the mountains every now and then. Yeah. So and I do like everything you have to you had to say about that place. And one thing I noticed is you walk in there and they've got a little storefront up front, but then they've got a bunch of people working in back. So they're employing local people. You don't have to worry about sweatshop issues with 12 year olds working 18 hour days and in horrible conditions. So I I would definitely buy one if I had the opportunity. And apparently Doug, you did have the opportunity and you didn't, I I guess I'm an Mm -hmm. addict now, but at least I I admit it. Well, the thing is I actually, I was trying to buy one for you, but, they limit how much you could buy. So they had stuff on the shelf that I could purchase or that one could purchase. So like if you were there, you could, but it's like, if you have an appointment, you you can get two things. And I got one for myself, one for Elizabeth. And then if you don't have an appointment, that's what you could buy on the other side, but you can't, I couldn't buy like additional stuff. So I had a limit of two. Otherwise you'd have, you'd have one. Yeah. I appreciate the thought. (laughs) They're, they're good. So if you get a chance to drive through, if you're driving by Leadville, 
go by. It's a nice little town. You grab lunch, even if you uh, you can't get a melons on a hoodie. Maybe if we get big enough, we could commission them to do a special Mile High Fi hoodie. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Okay, so you got this concert. We've been talking about it for months, and yeah, pretty pretty amazing. How do you feel now that we're on the other side of it? I feel great. I regret nothing. I had to tell the backstory really quick. I told a lot of it on our previous episode, which I'll link to in the show notes. But this band I really like, uh, probably one of my top three bands, my life had a Kickstarter where they were trying to raise money to release a whole bunch of new material. And the top prize was a private concert for $10,000. And the first thing I thought when I, when I saw this was, wow, that's really cool. I hope whoever buys this, I hope I can weasel my way to get an invite to that show. I'm like, there's no way I'm paying that. That's obscene. And then I started thinking about it and I, I even pinged Twitter. You might remember this. And uh, to my surprise, everyone was really supportive. Everyone was like, yeah, I think you should totally do it. Create that memory dividend. Uh, shout out to Bill Perkins from Die With Zero. So I was like, wow, these people, these uh, frugal people in my community are encouraged me to do this. So I went up and talked to Mindy. I'm like, hey, I've got this thing this $10,000 concert with this band. I like, what do you think about it? And I don't know what I was thinking when I went to you. Like, what did you think when I went up? I remember you were in your office and I was working in the basement. What did you think when I told you about this idea? You caught me off guard because I was not thinking you were going to spend $10,000 on a concert. But I was also like, yeah, do it. You like this band. You talk about them all the time. You play them all the time. Just do it. We could like in it, this. I sound so snotty when I say this, but in our net worth, $10,000 doesn't make a dent. I don't want to like lose it, but we're not losing it. We're spending it on something that is going to be a memory at this, like this whole process. It wasn't just I pay $10,000 and I show up and that's the end of the transaction. You did you know, you you committed to it, and then it was this whole process to to get them here, to find a venue, to you know, do all of the things to make sure that it was a good experience for everybody. And that part was like that. I don't want to say consumed your life, but would you say that's a good word for that? It consumed your life for a while, and it like gave you you know something to do and something to focus on, and you were really excited about it. And and it was you know it was a whole experience it wasn't just here's money now i'm going to a show yeah yeah and back to your original question dog it did did give me some anxiety like i had never met the band before what if they turned out to be difficult people to deal with i'm like a computer nerd what the hell are are we going to talk about and the thing with a band is uh, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong too they did an electrified show so they're like oh we need to have a backline and i'm like i don't know what a backline is some musical term and so if you were missing any part or like an amplifier didn't show up, we, we rented amps. Uh, there were a lot of single points of failure. So I didn't want to mess up any one of those points of failure failure and have the show be a disaster. But your, your original question, do I regret it? What do I think about it? I thought it was great. I have no regrets whatsoever. Everything turned out better than I thought it would. Let's talk about the, the planning. You know, you already mentioned the cost just for the concert piece, which... Actually, a quick sidebar, a quick tangent here. 10K, that's a lot, right? But they were going to do a concert. They didn't know where it was going to be. And 
then they were going to use that 10K to pay for releasing an album, right? Mastering. I, I don't know exactly, but I'm just like, was 10K enough? Like, because like getting people here was quite expensive, right? Yeah. One of them came from Australia, then LA, Texas, uh, Tennessee. So none of them were local. I don't know, but there were other prizes too. I think they ended up raising almost 40,000 overall. Okay. Gotcha. So that they had a, a larger pool of money because I was like, just this trip could be quite expensive for the number of people that were coming because people brought their families and all that too. Yep. Okay. Got it. Well, let's talk about the the planning, some other costs involved because you, you threw a barbecue the day before and some other things, right? Yeah. I decided to have, I wanted to make a weekend out of it. I knew the band was bringing some of their friends and family. I'm like, oh, let's do something good. If all these people are coming from far away, like there are people some dudes stayed with us. They were from the UK. Uh, we had people from New York, from all over the place, Australia, people came from. I'm like, we should do something a little bit more than just a show for one night. So at the HQ, we had a barbecue the night before. Uh, the food for that was like $1,000, uh, a little bit less. And then I also had to pay $1,000 to rent a venue that had the sound set up and a decent stage. Like we could have had it at the HQ, but it would have been tight. Well, ceilings, it would not have worked out well. If we would have had it in the backyard, we probably would have been arrested for noise. Uh, so the total cost was about $12,000. And yeah, it was a lot of planning. They were specific with uh, what kind of amps they wanted. So I had to locate that. And I'm not knocking on them. I, they really wanted to recreate their sound. So we had to go to Fort Collins to get that. And luckily, Michael, our mutual friend Michael, was able to source that. But just, yeah, I had a lot of notes and a lot of calendar stuff. Like I need to pick up the food at this time. I need to make sure this is ready to go and all that. So a little bit of anxiety, making sure everything and everyone showed up at the venue too. Like we had a sound guy who did the soundboard stuff and made sure everyone, everyone thing was plugged in. Uh, so yeah, a lot of planning, but at all, I don't think there were any issues except maybe with the actual recording of the show, but thankfully you recorded it, Doug, so... If the band didn't get it, you have it. Yep. And I was going to say that was my first time re recording a show where I had the audio feed from the board. So the sound engineer was critical, I think, right? Like if you had it at HQ, you would have had to hire someone else that knew how to whatever, put together the board or like engineer the sound and all that kind of mix and all that. Yep. So, so yeah, he hooked me up and I use the same setup we're using here. Okay, so cool. yeah, so it all all worked together. And actually I took a bunch of photos too, which I've never been able to be like right by a stage and like take pictures where like in air quotes, like that was my job, you know? So no one, no one looked at me funny. They just like, let me go where I needed to go. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, it turned out great. The only issue I had with the entire thing was that that I would have like changed and done differently is as soon as you got the commitment that you were doing it, I would have reached out to, there were a couple of venues at local breweries that could have been more ideal. One specifically, and by the time we reached out to them, they already had an act that night. And then it turns out that they didn't but we had stopped communicating at that point, And that would have been uh, potentially a better venue, more space. We could have had like even more people. It could have, you know, we could have put it up on a meetup group and just been like, Hey, come on and see this gotten more exposure for the band. Um, so that is the only 
part of this that I wish would have worked out slightly differently. But even then, this was still like it was an intimate little setting. Like, what did I, I, I've already named the album, by the way. It's like the Webb Brothers, an intimate night in Longmont or live from Longmont or like I've got several names. Um, so when you guys are ready to release that album, hit me up. I'll give you all my names. There were quite a few people there. Do you have like a a number? Did you tally it up? Do you know how many people? Uh, I have no clue. Like at the show, what would you say there were? Do you have any 70 guess? or 80? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. That would have been my guess. Okay. And yeah, did you, were you surprised how many people traveled from a long way? Because I was like, man, these people came from the UK. Like they're just making a trip out of this. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. The band actually, they, I knew them from my time in Chicago where they kind of first started out, but then they got big in the UK. So most of their fan base is actually there, hence the UK people. Uh, but yeah, I was surprised. I had no idea that so many of their friends and family were going to be here. And I didn't, I didn't know they had all these siblings either. So what were there like seven of them in total? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was neat seeing like their friends from Melbourne came as well. Like people from all over the the globe were here, which is pretty crazy. A friend from Berlin was here, the guy who got their got them signed to their first uh, record. And that there's a pretty cool story behind that. He didn't tell them he was coming. It was a surprise. So we were having the barbecue the night before. And I happened to I, I didn't know what he looked like, but I knew who he was coming with. He was coming with another friend of Mindy and I. So. I saw him out of the corner of my eye. So I'm like, hey, how's it going? Like, welcome in. And one of the band members spotted him and I coming in together. And the band member just assumed it was one of my friends. So it didn't register. He's like, hey, how's it going? And he shakes hands, introduces himself. And he's like, oh my God, you're Wyndham. And then they hugged it. It was super cool. I photos of it, but it was neat. The unexpected uh, happiness you can create for people. Mm -hmm. I was speaking with another one of the band members when he spotted this this guy and he's you know chatting with me and he kind of catches him out of the corner of his eye and he's like that looks like that looks like Wyndham that's Wyndham that's Wyndham he got so excited and stopped his conversation with me with like totally fine ran over to this guy gave him a huge hug he they were genuinely excited to see him and even Wyndham getting here was a super fun story yeah, that was the crazy story. We, uh, we So we have some mutual friends in town, and this Wyndham guy contacted them. He's like, yeah, I'd like to come over to the States. Uh, this band I helped get signed like a long time ago is coming to Colorado. Is this town anywhere near you? And they're like, yeah, we, we live in this town, actually. And, and, and then they said, and we think we actually know the guy who is putting this show on. So what a crazy coincidence. <laughs> just, this guy from, yeah. from Berlin has this random Longmont connection to us. So crazy. Yeah. Small world. So you mentioned that your, your notes here, uh, I'm quoting this, it's, Carl, you wrote this. It says, I'm an introverted computer dork. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what was it like meeting the band? Did you have butterflies? Like, I mean, you've given talks in front of hundreds of people. So yeah. What was it like actually meeting the band for the first time? Yeah, it was pretty strange. Uh, they brought all their children over. So I had retrieved some car seats for them to use. And I went over to their hotel room and I, I get out of the elevator and uh, I hear this music coming from down the hall. And it turned out they had like the door to the hotel room was open and they were playing and one of them's like singing and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is so weird. And then I kind of peek in there and, and they're in there and then they realized who I was. They're like, hey. And they were very uh, thankful and grateful. But I'm trying to think, uh, 
Yeah, very, very strange and kind of surreal. It was all good. It was all good, but kind of strange and surreal, like seeing the, this music, these band members who you've listened to. Like, I'd never actually seen them play before either in my entire life. This weekend was the first time and seeing all these people with their families. Uh, it was good, though. It was neat seeing how happy they were because they're from all over the place and they hadn't seen each other or been together in a long time. And I'm not sure. I don't know. If, I'm sure they'll be together at some point again in the future, but probably not for a long time. So it was weird and surreal to talk to him, but it was cool to see how happy they were um, with everyone else and playing the music again. They had a keyboard set up like at the hotel desk and one of them had a guitar and another one is just like belting it out, singing. I'm like, this is pretty crazy. It kind of felt like you were backstage or something at a show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when they, when they were doing the sound check, you know, everything was sort of coming together the sound engineer was hooking some stuff up. I was setting up my camera gear. You and I were just kind of standing around drinking beer and puttering around and just hearing them slowly hook up their, uh, you know, instruments, hook up the keyboard, singing just in general. And like slowly it was coming together. Like, I mean, obviously they were singing together in the hotel room, but like in that specific room, they were like working out some kinks um, for the show, which was kind of cool to see from the beginning of the sound check until the actual show. Yeah. And another amazing thing about it is they only had like a day or two to practice practice after not having played together for years. So there was a couple false starts, slightly rough around the edges, but uh, I, th I thought they did a real good job considering the layoff that they had had. I've yeah. seen worse bands that haven't had a four-year hiatus. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a great show. And yeah, like I said, the audio and the video came out good on my end. So do you know what's going to happen with that uh, video? Uh, I have no idea. I've talked to the band a little bit before. I think uh, it was funny. Just this morning, they sent me a, a message stating that the video that they had hooked up with became messed up or something. I think, Doug, you might have mentioned their battery ran out. So you might have the only good recording of this event. And yeah, I, I have no idea what they're going to do with it or what they want to do with it. Okay. Well, we should we should talk to them since I recorded it and then they own the music, right? So it's like, it's interesting. <laughs> like we could all, like we could do something with it. I hate, I hate to fucking do the work and then it just like sits and no one does anything with it. So, you know. We'll talk about it off air and figure out what happens, but it's a good recording. Like I, we were able to, you know, put the camera way up high and yeah, I think it's, it's a pretty clean recording overall. Yeah. I, Doug, I, I do. I really appreciate that you did that and took all the pictures. I was scrolling through all of them and you took a bunch. It was like 500. And if, if it wasn't for you, like we could have told people, Hey, I've got this folder here, upload them to your phone. And most people won't actually do that. And most people aren't the greatest photographers, but Doug, you took a lot of great pictures and uh, I'm so thankful you did that because it's pretty cool just, just looking through them. Even some of the ones where the band walked off the stage and they're there and they're all just talking to each other. You you captured the whole thing really, really well and I wouldn't have had that if you wouldn't have done that. So yeah, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah, glad to do it. And I think a couple of them, I, I haven't played, I haven't, I didn't edit any of them. I just sent them over to you just in case the uh, hard drive explodes or whatever, right? But I think a lot of them would look awesome in black and white. Oh, so I think great. you could probably print some, I mean, you could actually like print them out, send them to the band or whatever. And, you know, there's no, 
there's no way they'll be able to like recreate that again. Yeah. So awesome. Cool. So we have some other little questions. So a- after the fact, Mindy, so h- how did you feel about it? Um, now that we're on the other side. So you were like, Carl, go for it. It's great. If you're going to have fun, it's going to be a blast. So now we're on the other side. You, you saw the planning, you know, the amount that was spent, all that kind of stuff. I would say if this opportunity comes up again, grab it. There's a couple more bands from Chicago. This was like what? Early nineties, Chicago music. Uh, yeah, Mid nineties. Right, yeah. Right around year 2000. We saw them after we met, which was, Oh yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. Around year 2000. So 2000s, uh, Chicago music scene. Uh, there's several other bands. I'm like, Oh, I hope they do something like this too. And Carl, anything you would do, uh, differently now that, you know, um, everything that happened. I don't know. This is, this is pretty strange to say, but I don't think there'd be anything I would do differently. It was really neat. We actually had mile high five listeners there, mm-hmm. uh, Scott and some other folks. And the really cool thing about them is they didn't just show up for the experience. They actually like got into the music and listened to it. And I knew it because one, they told me and then like, Oh yeah, I really like this or this song, or I like what they did on keyboards here. So it was, it was neat to help the band out a little bit by getting some new people in there, but I'm trying to think, what would I do different? I have no clue. And I guess the experience would be different for every band. It just so happened that this band worked out super well, just nice people grounded down to earth. Uh, we even, we hosted some people from the UK that stayed with us and that was great too. Uh, like they were music nerds and uh, I'm more of a music nerd than Mindy. So it was neat just to sit down with them and talk, but yeah, that's a great question. I'm trying to uh, to, to think. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's there's anything. Maybe the so one annoying thing though is like I I actually invited a lot more people, and some of them just did not show up, and the space was very limited. So because of those people, and there were other people asking to go, I could have had many more people, probably fifty more people. But because these people said they were going to show up and didn't, other people had to miss the show and some of them were like music nerd people I know who knew would have appreciated it but I right. don't know maybe trying to get a little bit bigger venue and I don't know how you control for any of that like we yeah. could have got this big garden beer garden but that could have 500 people and that would have been just too big because mm-hmm. it would have looked weird like it would have looked like a sparse audience so so question on that that's a tough one to solve by the way were they personal friends of yours that didn't show up or were these ra- more random people? No, uh, yeah, a couple of them actually were. Okay. Friends, huh? <laughs> so so what what I was going to say is um I've seen this done for some meetup type things. So and I think maybe at HQ you guys should do this occasionally cuz sometimes you know there's a cap where you can't have more than a certain number of people or it's not fun just cuz there's not space. It's not safe, right? But charge like two dollars that you will refund right yeah so there's like just a tiny there's like some commitment there and i've heard that can work well and it's not that you're trying to make money you're just trying to like make sure that someone isn't gonna flake out and then like make it so someone else can't attend so i don't know how you control for that other than like make sure someone has like a stake in attending but what do you think mindy um that is Literally, the only thing I would have changed was the venue. Mm. And if it, you know, if there was one venue that I was really, really excited about that had somebody else booked that turned out they didn't have anybody booked, 
um, that would have been a perfect venue because this space already has people coming through it anyway. So there would be people. And when there's music, people gravitate towards the music. Oh, this is cool. And they're not like, it's not like Slayer. They're not turning people off with their music. You could you could be like, oh, this just isn't my thing, but it's not obnoxious. Yeah, um, but I hate to Slayer. Wow. I like Slayer. I know you like Slayer. <laughs> I, I don't think anybody is shocked when I say they're not my top band. Um no hate to Slayer. I'm sure you guys are lovely gentlemen. But they're listeners. Yeah, yeah they are listeners. <laughs> um, so you guys are charming. You're welcome to sleep over anytime. I'm just probably not ever going to attend one of your shows. Uh, but that kind of band, there are people who would be like, oh, I don't want to listen to this at all. I'm going to leave. So the Webb Brothers are the type of band where even if that's not your thing, you wouldn't leave. Uh, so they would have been really great at this place. But also, because it's so large, we could have invited everybody. Mm -hmm. And then the people that didn't show up, it no big matter. deal, because yeah. we wouldn't have had to cap it. This place, that the venue that we ended up was all indoors. And fire marshals are all <laughs> mad about how many people can be in one place at one time. So we had to limit it to how many people could be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that's the only thing I would change. Mm -hmm. let's go big next time we'll go for taylor swift yeah taylor give me a call or email me mindy at biggerpockets.com we'll chat you can come give a, a private show uh for that one we probably would do invite only we'd probably have to pay a little bit more for her services as well <laughs> she and i go way back okay we cool. hang out cool Carl, did you have any input on the set list or did you know anything about that? I did. They asked me for what songs uh, they wanted me to play. And they played all of them except for one. So I'll have to have a private word with them <laughs> after this. Gotcha. So did you, did you put like a specific order? Like, did you have a, a vision of the show? Um, I did not, but what I did do is I said, these are my top three songs. So I'd really like to hear these. Uh, these are like the next like five or eight that, and, and these are the nice to have. But I also said, uh, I want you all to have a good time. If there's anything you really like to play, if you want to do like a Taylor Swift cover, go for it. Like do what you want to do as well. Cool. So, any, any surprises in the set list? Uh, yeah, a couple. Like some of the songs I had never heard before. There were two at the end. The one guy, the main guy, Justin, did an acoustic song called Hummingbird, which I th think he wrote for his grandmother. And then uh, James, another guy, did a song he wrote. And as far as I know, I don't think any of those songs, either of those songs have been recorded before ever. And I thought they were both beautiful. The James guy kind of reminded me of John Lennon a little bit, like the Beatles. Um, so yeah, that was super cool. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I like being surprised. And I, I like that they played for a while too. They didn't just play like nine songs. They didn't phone it in. They did two sets and then encores and all that. So yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by the show itself. Not that I thought cool. it would suck, but they did. Uh, they went above and beyond what they had to do. Yeah, they did a great job. And you know, during the sound check and stuff, I got to ch chat with them. And yeah, everyone was just chill and nice and friendly and they were happy to be there they didn't look too nervous or anything but they were excited to play yeah that's good all right any other thoughts on this carl yeah i think that's it it was uh it was pretty cool i'd like to do so i call this my big thing number one so something to spend a lot of money on to have like a really 
cool experience, maybe something that brings people together. Uh, Big thing number two will probably be, uh, we've talked about this a little bit before, renting a nice house, maybe on the coast of Maine, someplace where people can get outside and you're not just going to be confined, but renting like a really nice big house, a castle or mansion or something like that, and just inviting a bunch of friends to hang out. Uh, and that leads us to our question for the audience. I was going to ask something different, but I guess the question I'll ask is, ask is if you could put on a big thing like a show, a concert, uh, some gathering with people, some epic experience, what would it look like? And you could leave your answer on the YouTube channel, the Facebook group, or send us an email and we'll leave links to all those in the show notes. Cool. And tell us about the uh, Facebook group. So, uh, full disclosure, I don't play around in there. Facebook ends up uh, sucking me in and I just, I turn off notifications. So I don't even know what the fuck's going on. So what, what is going on in the Facebook group? Yeah, the Facebook group is pretty cool. One thing I noticed today is it's kind of taken a life of its own where Rakesh, our mutual friend who we got to spend time with at Camp Fi and here in Longmont has done a bunch of challenges. He had a plank challenge, which I was really bad at. He had a no sugar challenge and now he's mm-hmm. doing a step challenge. So he created a spreadsheet and people can sign up for that and enter their results every day. So, so Doug, if you want to, you could just have a link to the Google sheet and not even go on Facebook if you would like to participate, but yeah, it's pretty neat. Lots of nice interaction in there and lots of people. I think we have one or 200 people in there now. It's definitely over a hundred. Okay. So no spam or any idiots, no a-holes in there yet. I'm sure it'll happen, and then we'll know the group has made it when we get trolled or whatever. But so far, so good. <laughs> I'll just troll you now. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, you're Doug, you're there. already in the uh, step challenge. Rakesh already added you. Oh, okay. He great. added me too, um, which is great. I would love to participate in a step challenge. And the Facebook group is facebook.com slash groups slash mile high fi. We'll put a link in the show notes there. And I, I am into the step challenge stuff. Uh, I just have to log in. And although the travel days have gotten in my way, so we were on a road trip. So it's hard to walk when you're in the car. And then I, I was flying and you could walk around the airport a few miles, but you're still like on the plane for a few hours. So yeah, yeah it's been tough. Cool. So we'll link up to all that stuff. Mindy, where can people find you out there? They can find me in your Facebook group. They can find me in my Facebook group, which is the BP Money Facebook group. They can find me online, Mindy at BP, on all the social media handles that are worth having. And uh, you can email me, Mindy at BiggerPockets.com. I would love to chat with you about money. Um, I would not love to chat with you about asparagus pee. (laughs) Yeah, you could email Carl for that. And I, I don't know if we'll edit this out, but I'm looking over at your notes there. Do you want to share what's on your paper? Oh, oh what, I, wrote, you make it? I wrote dicks because sometimes the a band can be comprised of a bunch of really, really big jerks. Mm. And this band was not. They were delightful human beings. But until you meet them, you don't know this. So I would imagine that we could have hired, we, we could have just as easily hired this band and they come over and they're like, um, I asked for no red M&Ms and there's red M&Ms in here. So I know that you're not paying attention to me and, you know, just been like a huge mm-hmm. pack of assholes, but they were just so nice and 
genuinely delighted to be here or like very good actors. But either way, I had a great time with them. Yeah, they were just I was going to say, I didn't even know who they were for the whole barbecue because they were just they just (laughs) blended in with everyone. I was like, I don't know. Are they listeners to the show? I'm not sure. (laughs) All right. Thanks for joining us, Mindy. And uh, yeah, great, great show, Carl. Yeah, cool. Oh, could I do one plug? Yeah. Okay. So if you're a music producer and you would like to sign the next big thing, Carl can connect you with James. The end. Yeah. He gave, we've got a recording of his song. I got to post that on Instagram. I will do that and post it in the show notes. You should ask him for permission first. I will. Okay. Thanks for listening to the show. That was the Mile High Five podcast and I'm Doug Cunnington, the Balder host. And Carl Jensen is the cool, sexy one. If you dig the show, please do three things for us. Number one, tell a friend, a family member, an enemy about the show. We really don't care who you tell. Maybe forward them a specific show that you know that they will like. It's the single most helpful thing that you can do to spread the word. It's like giving us a virtual high five. And uh, actually, we don't give high fives in, in person. So the virtual kind's pretty good. And more importantly, your friend or family member or even your enemy will appreciate the fact that you were thinking of them. Number two, make sure you're following or subscribed on your podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, YouTube, whatever you're using, and that way you won't miss a show. And number three, please leave us a rating and review. We read them on the show occasionally, and you might hear yours out there on an upcoming episode. Quick disclaimer, this show is not financial or legal advice. I'd actually be surprised if it sounded like it. It's really just for entertainment, and that's at least what we're hoping for. But seriously, get advice from professionals. Carl and I are just two guys with microphones that sit in my basement and talk. So we'll catch y'all next week. Yes. So Mindy is back on the show today, and I recently, just this past weekend, I had my private concert with the Webb brothers. And we also went to see Dran Dran a couple days after that. Uh, uh, Mindy wife, which show did you like for best? You know, that's really a difficult question because I have been a Duran Duran fan since I was like 11. So like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen them play the songs from their first three albums in any of the times that I've seen them before. And that's what they played this time around. And it was fantastic. I didn't know this was what they were going to play. And they just kept singing all of these old songs that I knew. And I was like, I've never seen this one live before. I've never seen this one live before. So it was really, really, really awesome. And we had great seats. We were in like the 18th row. But we were still there with like a billion other people. We were at Red Rocks, which is a great location. Mm-hmm. But the Webb brothers, I had like second row seats and mm-hmm. the people in front of me were their kids and you got to interact with the band and they were very charming young, young men. Are they probably my age? I think one of them is my age. I shouldn't say young men. Uh, very charming guys and their families were with them. It was such a fun experience to be at that concert because so many people kept saying they haven't been together for so long. And this, they, you know, this was a reason for them to all get together. We haven't seen them. They had aunts and uncles that were there. It was just, they were such 
separate experiences, you can't compare them. It's like saying, what do you like better, ketchup or ice cream? Well, depends on what I'm eating at the time. Cool. So I want to ask Doug about Duran Duran too. But before I do that, the the band, the second band was, uh, what was his name? Sheik, Nile Rodgers. Yeah. Do you know who that is, Doug? Or, mm-hmm. So this guy gets up there. It, they were super good. So they started playing all these songs. Like they did their own material, but then they did like- uh, uh, what did they do? They did, did they do Notorious? Madonna? Yeah, they did a Madonna song and they did a David Bowie song, Just Dance. And I started researching this guy and it turned out he was the guy who wrote these songs for those bands. So mm. it's pretty crazy. Like, wow. I think it, the thing I came across was the top 10 songs that Niles Rogers wrote. And they're all like huge radio hits. But Doug, are you a Duran Duran fan? Yeah, it's been a while, but I, I remember them like, yeah, from when I was a kid. So like all those- uh, whatever top 10 hits i remember a lot of them yeah and i remember a lot of their uh, music videos too they had great videos and mtv was you know big in the 80s i don't even know what the fuck is on mtv these days it's like all reality uh tv shows where they just liquor people up but yeah i remember duran duran yeah okay cool i like them yeah well, what would you think of the show carl yeah uh which one uh, well i guess we'll talk about the one yeah. brothers show in our thing today but yeah i thought it was uh i thought it was great a uh, lot of energy i didn't know like duran duran's been around for a, a whole time but they sold red rocks out two days in a row and uh, the thing about red rocks is it's such a cool place to see a show like i'd probably see just about anything there like maybe not country and western or maybe not new country i like uh bluegrass and some of that stuff but it's so cool like even if you're not really into the band and i've actually seen shows like this at red rocks where i didn't even know the music and it's always a great time because it's so beautiful there. Mm-hmm. Good energy there. Yep. 